You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Alrighty, guys. Um, welcome to a little bonus podcast that I am putting together. Um, by now, a majority of you know uh, this, this Under Armour debacle or this Under Armour ordeal that has happened. And, uh, for some reason, uh, this kind of touched me, this whole, this whole thing, uh, kind of spoke to me, this event that happened. And, uh, I just can't stop thinking about it. So, um, I've reached out to you guys on my Facebook page and, uh, social media and asked, asked you guys what your opinions were, what your thoughts were. And I felt the need to do a podcast about this. Now, let's start with the facts. Um, earlier this year, Josh Bomar killed a bear with a spear. Several months later, uh, some anti-hunters found out about it. They put together a petition and sent it to Under Armour. Under Armour caved to anti-hunting pressure and decided to drop Sarah Bomar, who is Josh's wife and an Under Armour athlete. So they they terminated their relationship. Now, this has the hunting community upset because they feel that maybe Under Armour shouldn't have done that. Um, They did not support hunting. And uh, then the hunting community is also a little bit upset that the, the big names in the industry uh, who are sponsored by Under Armour really aren't saying too much about uh, what is going on. Uh, I know that uh, a lot of the um, people that I've spoke to or who are making posts on social media, and that's thousands of people with their own their own opinion, are saying that you know the Drurys of the world, the Lakoskis of the world should drop Under Armour. Uh, and, uh, you know, because some of the statements that, uh, you know, Cameron Haynes and, uh, uh, the juries have put out may sound vague and kind of beat around the bush of to what is actually going on. The other, um, problem that people see is the content that was put out and how this bear kill was, was put out might be, um, part of the issue as well. So I assembled, some people who I thought could give some insight 
Um, I have two guys who I would consider average Joes. Uh, the first guy we're going to be hearing from is Walter. He is from Florida. Uh, another average Joe that we'll be uh, hearing from later on the line. His name is Scott. He's from Canada. Um, we also are going to hear from Tim Wells. Uh, several of you know who. Several of you guys know who he is. He's uh, on the TV show Relentless Pursuit. Uh, he he is a spear hunter as well. We have Justin Czar from Bowhunting.com uh, talking, and lastly we have uh, Mark Kenyon from Wired to Hunt, who is a good friend of mine. So um, this podcast was something that was put together last minute. I felt that it it needs to be. You know, this can't get swept under the rug. I feel that as as hunters, we need to be informed um, from all parties. I do feel that everybody is entitled to their opinion. And, uh, you know, the people that I have on this show doesn't necessarily represent what I think. But um, but but I do feel it's a, a great representation of, um, you know, the difference from hunters in the hunting community. So uh, let's uh, go ahead and see what Walter Lee from Florida, an average Joe, just like me and you, has to say about this situation. Walter, what do you feel is the bigger issue here? The fact that uh, Under Armour caved to hunting pressure or anti-hunting pressure, or the fact that uh, maybe Josh Bomar put out some questionable content? I think they're both severe issues that we have to address. Uh, both on a on a personal level, we have to decide for ourselves which is the more important issue, and then we have to find a common voice together. But for myself personally, I, I feel like the biggest issue is the content that he put out. And that kind of flies in the face of what a lot of people are upset about, obviously. But, you know, we're trying to win. We can't win over the Annies. We need to try and win over that 80 percentile that's in the middle. And we don't need to convert them to hunting because – some of them aren't going to want to, but what we need to do is, is cast what we do in a way that they can understand it and appreciate it and see the value in what we do. And it's, it's similar. I explained this to my wife before and, and other people that I've talked to. It's similar to when you teach a kid about hunting or any uh, complex topic, you know, that 80 percentile only sees the surface layer of what we put out there and whatever we put out, that we have to assume it's going to be their first interaction, and it can't come with sticker shock. And the blood that was all over that that spear, the blood that was all over his hands, the video of him of him trailing, and the different pieces that uh, that, that that he picked up, I just feel like it kind of cast. It, it would have come with sticker shock. You know, you wouldn't have shown that to necessarily to a kid and expect them to receive it right off the off the bat as something that's acceptable. And, and for me personally, the the big issue is the content he put out. Okay. Now let's see the set. The next question um, I have here is because the, uh, because under armor caved to anti hunting pressure, should the hunting community support under armor? I, I think that's a, Again, that kind of comes down to a personal decision. I have Under Armour stuff. I enjoy it. Their workout clothes, I feel like, you know, for actual fitness purposes are some of the best that are out there. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a complicated and difficult thing for me to answer. I think what we have to do is we have to look at this and say, did they drop them because of the anti-pressure or did they drop them from a combination of things? If, if your stance on this matter is the content was inappropriate and you had a corporate company and you wanted to represent, you wanted to truly support 
hunting and conservation. You could easily make the argument that handling it in a way that they did, similar to that they did, or in a different way, would have been the appropriate way to handle it. Because you disagreed with it, you probably signed a contract saying you weren't going to cast a negative light on Under Armour. So if you side with me on the, on the, on the idea that the content was inappropriate, and I'm paying you or giving you free merchandise or, or supporting you in any way, shape, or form to where you're representing my name, and I see that as casting a negative light, I can understand them taking the stance they did. I, mean, I don't personally agree with it, I think they could have handled it differently, but I think if you if you if you're with me, then then that train of thought it kind of makes sense. If if you think that if you solely believe that this is the anti-pushing pressure, I really think it's a combination of the two. But I think you have to make that personal decision. I personally, I don't know which way I sit just yet. I was looking at buying a fair amount of hunting gear this fall, and. I'm on the fence about it, and I think we have to consider the people that are in between, the mom-and-pop shops who don't have a whole lot of liquid capital that are putting money into, into hunt season. They probably just geared up with all their, their fall and winter gear, and you can make the argument that you're going to cause a further divide among hunters if your mom-and-pop shops can't clear the inventory that they have. I mean, if we're supposed to be one voice and we're supposed to be voiced together, I think it could be kind of difficult for them to really jump on board when they've got a bunch of They've got hundreds of dollars worth of clothes that they can't turn, and, and they're more stressed about financial means than they are hunting at that point. So it's a complicated question to, uh, question to answer, and I don't know if I have the right answer. I, I, I like their hunting stuff. I feel like the whitetail stand, especially in the South, they put some stuff out that really appeals to me. But, you know, I, personally, I think that they probably should have handled Sarah a little differently. I would have liked to think, I'd like to think that I would handle it differently. I think they can still reconcile the situation by bringing Sarah back on and saying, we, you know, we've a little more clearly uh, set, set a standard for what we expect uh, our representatives to, to be involved with. Um, I can make a case for either, Dan, either way. Okay. Now, knowing that, I think that um, Josh, you know, killed that bear in May and it wasn't until last Friday that they right. ended up dropping him. You know, there's a, there's a huge time gap. So it's almost like people are so are really focused on the anti pressure, uh, causing, you know, you mm -hmm. under armor to cave. Um, you know, for me, it almost feels like that the anti hunters won a small battle there because, uh, of the time difference. Uh, what's your opinion on that? Yes. And that, in that, in that regard, I agree. I think the Antis did get some momentum here. They, they were going to count this as a victory. You know, every side is going to portray it however they want to portray it. Their media is going to push it a certain way. And I'm sure you'll see something from PETA or the Humane Society before too long or some affiliate of that. Uh, I guarantee if you got on their Facebook uh, pages there are people that are just posting on there you know congratulations look you know that group they got the petition together i'm sure they're absolutely ecstatic and that scares the bejesus out of me that really does i mean we are probably one of the smallest minorities in this country and you know we're sitting at a point right now where we're sitting at a point where we we have more people asking questions about hunting because we've got so much bad media being put out by the humane society about you know how our food's treated before it gets to us and we're really the only organic alternative if you think about it it's 100 percent wild it's 100 percent fair chase for the most part 
it's 100% organic. They live a great life. If, if a hunter does his job, it, it, it has a quick death. And I think they've gained momentum, but at the same time, I almost feel like they've, the way that this has been handled and the outcry, that if we can funnel our irritation into places like the National Deer Alliance and to 2% for conservation, pushing for unity as a whole as hunters, there is a opportunity here for us to really gain momentum with that 80% and really gain favor with them. I mean, my wife, I think I told you this on the previous podcast, anti-hunting, absolutely anti-hunting, did not. You know, she had, it was almost a make it or break it for us when we first, when we first got together and through seeing the respect that goes into it from bringing a jug of water to clean up the deer before I take a shot, because I don't want it to be represented as that final moment. That's not how I choose to remember that deer or it's sacrificed to, to allow me to have food on my table. I've won her over. I've won her family over and she's gone to bat for me with her friends uh, at college when they, when they hate on it or they bash on it. She's out there advocating with us. She wants to be, you know, involved with that lifestyle. Now she she doesn't want to hunt. She doesn't have the heart to do it. But we can win that eighty percentile over, and take that momentum straight from the antes. And if we can show that eighty percent that's concerned about their food, that is concerned. I mean, there's a lot of people who are concerned about conservation. If we can show them that what we're doing is actually benefiting those fuzzy creatures that they're worried about, I mean, I really think we can snatch what little momentum they have and maybe put one of the final nails in the coffin for our generation. Now, the last question that, uh, you know, social media, again, everybody's in an uproar about uh, mm-hmm. the quote-unquote hunting celebrities and, um, you know, what they should do. Um, what do you feel that the hunting celebrities' response should be to, you know, to this and uh, for the, you know, the, the average Joe hunter asking the people that they follow to drop under armor. Sure. Uh, so I think we've, we've witnessed this from a variety of sources. I, they're putting out podcasts just about every day. A lot of them are, uh, I think the jury brothers came out and addressed the demands that they were seeing on their page. Uh, John Dudley, Cameron Haynes, uh, Joe Rogan was on Cameron Haynes podcast. I think that's an individual decision that they have to make similar to us. And it sounds like a generic response, but it's not. And they have to decide if they agree that the content was the issue or if uh, Under Armour's handling it was the issue. And that's going to decide for them whether or not they need to to drop their sponsor. And I think what you're going to find is I think you're going to be surprised to see how few people try and actually drop those sponsors. Because, A, if you drop them, these people have to find another sponsor. You know, they, they've got shows, they've got a whole thing that's built. So there's kind of some struggle there for them to go at to immediately drop that, whether or not it's the right decision. But I, I think also, I think the majority of your hunters aren't thrilled with how he portrayed that hunt. And, you know, I, I'm one of, I, I, I think it, 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 I think, you know, if you really want to say who gave who the momentum you can make a strong case that that content was what gave the antis the momentum. His portrayal of that is what gave the antis. Because there's hundreds of thousands of photos, kill photos, put up every year. Why did this one get a national attention? Well, it was a fuzzy, a fuzzy bear that everybody's concerned with. It's, it's, uh, it was killed in a what can be seen as a brutal fashion. I mean, even hunters are, are debating whether or not it should have been harvested in the way that it was. And I think the majority of hunters don't want that image to be represented. And if their sponsor has taken that stance, it makes it really easy for them to go ahead and stand behind that company. And I don't, I don't think we should be so quick to demand for them to, to, uh, 
merge their moral decision on the on the matter with ours just because hey, we shouldn't have it as knee-jerk a reaction at the anti-side. We need to sit and evaluate this. We can't lose the momentum. We can't just forget about it, but we can't have it as knee-jerk a reaction. Otherwise, we're doing the same thing that the anti do. Next on the docket is Tim Wells from the television show Relentless Pursuit. Uh, he kind of touches on spear hunting. He touches on a little bit of, you know, maybe what the celebrities, the quote unquote hunting pros are going through. And then a little bit about um, what would happen if, you know, hunting stopped and uses Europe and Africa as an example. So let's see what Tim has to say when I asked him, why should we as hunters pay attention to this issue? Well, I think the writing's on the wall, but, you know, in most cases, I believe hunters are aware of what's happening because it's influencing their lives. You know, from the top to the bottom, we can see the effects of anti-hunting and then the pressure of it from around the world, what it's having on us. I travel the world hunting and get to see things that a lot of us don't. And unfortunately, I've seen what it happens when the hunting is taken away and the repercussion not only to man but to animals as well. And it's never a good thing for either one. And it's creeping in heavily in the north in Canada, which we see now they're trying to make spear hunting illegal up there over an incident here with uh, Josh Bowman, who speared his bear, and the public reacted wildly over a, a YouTube video. Um, however, it was legal and uh, is humane. That's, you know, death in the wild is, uh, is uh, sometimes brutal. I mean, whether a lion's killing you whether you've been shot through the chest with a bullet or a spear comes through it's it's brutal so as hunters you know we have to come to terms with what we do and how we kill animals and realize that there's a lot of people that don't understand and they want to take that away from us because in their hearts the people that want to take it away from us think that they're really doing the animal a favor when in all actuality if they take away the hunter, they will take away the habitat, take away the food, take away the management, take away pretty much everything the animals in this world depend upon to, to survive as species. For example, in Africa, you know, there's a huge push to stop all hunting, and, and in some countries they have. And what happens is the world's not what it was at one time. I mean, back in... Uh, you know, in the 1800s, if you stopped hunting in Africa, there may have maintained a balance, but that can't happen now. I mean, the animals can't migrate, they can't travel, they can't give birth uh, because of the human population and the fences and the roads and the villages. And no longer can they get access to water where uh, in the natural world it's supposed to be because human homes are all around. The only reason why there's a great pockets of animals in Africa is because the hunter has contributed millions, if not billions of dollars into the system to create habitat. So that's what those animals rely on. And when you kill the spirit of hunting and, and take away the, the hunter from the equation, there's a drastic change in the natural world as well, because the animals go in way of drought. They go in way of, uh, food and, and reproduction and so on and so forth. It's a lot like the white rhino. Africa has been rebellious about making it illegal to hunt the rhino. 
Well, if you let a guy dart a rhino, uh, which puts him to sleep and get his picture with him, he may give you $60,000 now to do it, and he may give you a quarter of a million to shoot one. But when you take that privilege away from hunters, uh, there's no more value on the white rhino. So a guy that's got a half a dozen rhinos living on his ranch, you know, of 10,000 hectare, uh, and there's no value on him to him anymore, he's not going to make sure that no one poaches him. He's not going to make sure they have water. He's not going to make sure that they have alfalfa when there's a drought going on to keep up the species alive because no longer are there any value. And uh, as hunters, you know, we provide that. And we have to be, you know, not only aware that we could lose our hunting rights when people like, you know, the like like what's happening in Africa or uh, what's happening in Canada where they're trying to take spear hunting away, you know, yeah, that makes a guy like me sad because I can't go hunting anymore with my spear, but it also has repercussions in the natural world and the animals and the bears and the deer and so on and so forth. There's a trickle-down effect. We are their protectors, and we have to stand up for what's right. And, uh, you know, when people that uh, have influence in our in our hunting industry – um, whether it be a, uh, a sponsor of a TV show or a producer of a TV show, or maybe it's uh, just your guy that owns a, a bait and tackle shop. We have to be aware of what our actions and, and, and what their actions do to our cause as hunters. And uh, I think this Under Armour thing is an example of, you know, uh, hunters saying enough's enough. You know, we're not going to take this anymore. Uh, what we do is right. What we do is good. Uh, we've been hunting and, and gathering from the earth for a million years. And it's only been the last 50 years that it became trendy not to hunt. I mean, it's almost strange that uh, the human race suddenly feels like it's improper to hunt when in all actually it's the natural thing for us to want to do. Now, that's my long answer to a short question. <laughs> now, the next question I have for you is, you know, you hunt with a you hunt with a spear, and I've read on social media and have heard other um, hunters within our community say, you know, why why was Josh hunting with a spear? There's no need for uh, a spear when we have this archery equipment or when we have this accurate, you know, the rifles and the muzzleloaders of the world, what, what do you want to tell those people? It's obviously coming from a, a non hunter, even though they may be a hunter, they don't know the essence of hunting. Hunting is not killing. Although killing is sometimes the end result of the hunt, but a true hunter in my, my view is not a, not a guy, not a woman that, strives for the kill. In other words, all you want to do is kill. You know, if all I wanted to do is kill, yeah, I would probably take a high-powered rifle. I wouldn't bother hunting the bear. I'd sit back and shoot him from 300 yards, you know, and some guys are into that. That's good for them. I'm glad they do. We're all in one family, you know, but uh, whether I, you know, personally don't want to use a high-powered rifle to shoot a bear doesn't doesn't do my my doesn't do my case any good by cutting down a rifle hunter who does. Uh, it's my opinion that every hunter, no matter what he uses, uh, is benefiting the animal and benefiting to myself because we are 
one in our resources and our efforts to manage the wildlife and provide food for our table and provide enjoyment for each other. And as a spear hunter, you know, I, what gets my, my, uh, excitement going is the, the, the challenge of the hunt and the time of field when I can spend in a tree or, you know, in the forest runs, I'm, I'm stalking prey, you know, it's getting close. I've, I, I want to be close enough that when I'm next to that bear, I can hear him breathing. You know, I, I want to feel the heat of a Cape Buffalo knowing that if that spear doesn't take him out in three leaps, he's on me. I want to feel that rush. And the, the people that are claiming that a spear is an unethical, uh, choice of weapons for hunting are generally people that have no clue about hunting at all. A spear, if you take the blade of a spear and you hold it up in the air and then you grab a broadhead on the end of an arrow and hold that beside a spear, you'll see the difference. Run both of them through your body and find out which one takes you out the quickest. I speared 25 animals in Africa last year. And at the end of the day, I didn't lose a one of them. And if you can have that kind of track record with your gun or with a bow, you know, you're doing pretty good because that's a tough, it's tough to kill 25 animals straight with any choice of weapon. And that spear was killing them outright and quickly. Josh's bear died within 60 yards, even though he never recovered it till the next day because he let it go. As an ethical hunter, he wasn't quite sure. He was a little inexperienced at spear hunting, but he knew that the spear hadn't double lunged the animal, so he thought, it's best that I back out. But after finding the bear 60 yards away, it was evident to a seasoned hunter that Josh's spear had killed that bear inside of 25 seconds, probably. So the spear is very ethical. And the people who decide to make it illegal or claim that it's an abuse to the animals and it is, is a grave way of hunting that's unfair and, and, and sickening is totally out there in left field because they have no idea. And our lawmakers who decide to make it illegal are obviously not taking facts into account. They haven't ever tested the system. They don't know what happens. They're just guessing. If they were really, truly concerned about what was the right law to make when they decided to make a spear illegal, they would have called Tim Wells. They would have called one of maybe a half dozen hunters that are noted as spear hunters in the country that are successful at it and, and pulled them to find out. Because spear hunting is, is risen in popularity. People are getting tired of hunting with a rifle or they're getting bored with a bow and arrow. They want to, they want to feel the challenge. They want to comp put their self into that situation where they have to close within seven, eight yards of an animal or maybe 10 at the most, you know? And when they do that, they realize, wow, that's, that's hunting. That's what it was all about. And I want to protect that. And, uh, I want to protect the right to spear hunt. Because once they're done with spear hunting and they put that off the books is no longer illegal, the next thing they're going to do, they're going to come after my bow. So that's my take on that. Okay. So the last question I have for you is, as someone um, in the industry, as an entertainer, as a celebrity or whatever you, know, whatever you want to call yourself, um, how hard is it to walk a fine line between, you know, 
maybe pleasing uh, a sponsor and keeping face with the the followers who are watching your your television show? Yeah. Well, for me, it's been very easy. Um, I have not walked the line. I just tell it like it is, and I made that commitment to myself in the recent times, which is in the past seven or eight years when my numbers and popularity has soared from the beginning, which was a long road of 15 years of videoing and hunting. But I made that commitment at the end of the day. It's not, you know, uh, Matthews that made me who I am. It's not Bass Pro who I love my sponsors and, and agree with their theory on hunting and, and, and where they stand. But they're not the ones that made me who I am. It's the hunters around the world that watch my YouTube clips and watch my television show and are supporters on my social media. They're the ones that gave me what I have to make a living. And no matter what it comes down to, if I have to tell a sponsor that they're wrong, uh, you know, no matter how bad it stings, I'm going to do it. However, you know, I realize there are people involved with, you know, sponsors right now that uh, were, you know, a lot of hunters are boycotting and upset. But, guys, we have to remember, too, that they have contracts in place. And some of those contracts have enough teeth that if they just blatantly outright leave that sponsor over uh, this debacle that's taken place with those for example, Under Armour, let's say that uh, one of uh, their the people they sponsored decide to denounce them and leave, um, the outcome could be millions of dollars in damage and they could possibly be out of business. And what they worked their whole life for it could be over. So uh, it doesn't surprise me that they have to tiptoe uh, to, you know, through this situation. And some of them will make the right decision and some of them will likely make the wrong one. Up next, Justin Czar from bowhunting.com, and I simply asked him for his opinion. What is your opinion on this whole Under Armour situation? Uh, I mean, to be totally honest with you, my, my opinion is it's, it's kind of a sad situation all the way around. You know, uh, it's an unfortunate situation, that, but I guess that it really had to come to this. Um, what I really do like about this whole situation is it is, kind of, you know, galvanizing hunters and, and banding everybody together for a common cause. You know, I wish we could do this more often for some of the causes in the hunting industry that may be a little bit more just. Um, but ultimately, you know, I do appreciate the fact that people are, are starting to take a stand on this whole thing. And, you know, I feel that uh, Under Armour, unfortunately, you know, didn't handle the situation the way they should have. And they turned a, a situation that probably could have been a big positive for them in the hunting community and obviously have, you know, turned a lot of people against them, you know, unfortunately for them. So when you say, you know, bringing the, the hunting community together, there's a, there's still a lot of divide um, that you hear through social media. And I asked uh, Tim Wells, the same question. Um, what, what can we as hunters do to unite, I guess, better against the anti-hunters? Man, if I knew the answer to that question, I probably would have started some sort of foundation or something by now. <laughs> I mean, there's obviously a lot of organizations out there that, you know, whose causes are really dedicated to, you know, promoting hunting and, and helping us, you know, secure our rights to hunt. Um, you know, but I guess to back up just one step, and, you know, when you say there's a lot of divide out there as far as, you know, the, either people who are in support of this or who are against this, you know, I feel like 
the people that are against it are tending to lose sight of the bigger picture in this whole thing. Um, you know, within the hunting community, there is some div- division, uh, people who like the spear hunting, people who enjoyed the video, people who don't think it represents hunting in the best light. And so you've got people kind of on the both sides of that fence. But to me, anyways, the bigger, the bigger matter at hand here is that, you know, we have potentially the largest company in the hunting industry, you know, just as a, as the size of their business, you know, being a global company, um, the biggest one out there, you know, the minute it came time for them to kind of put their money where their mouth was and stand up for hunting and hunter's rights, you know, they, they caved to the outside pressures of the anti-hunters and, and ultimately set their ties with the Bomars, which is really, to me, the big, the big, you know, problem here, um, in this, in this whole thing. And that's where I think people are losing sight. I mean, I think everybody will agree that, you know, it wasn't the, the, the decision that we as hunters would like to see. And, and the way I put it to somebody earlier today was, I mean, here we have a fortune 500 company. They're a global brand. They're a household name. To me, I was always surprised when they got as deep into the hunting industry as they did. Usually companies that big don't like to take a gamble uh, on something that is so polarizing. So I was always glad to kind of have Under Armour, quote unquote, in our corner. Um, and it would have been great to have a company that big stand up for us and really show that they were behind hunters and hunting, you know, when it, when it really mattered. Uh, but unfortunately they didn't do that. You know, they, they kind of showed their true colors in this whole thing. And, and it's a big loss for the hunting industry as a whole. Um, you know, whether you like their brand, whether you like their company, whether you like their gear or not, you know, having a, a fortune 500 company being, deeply invested into the hunting industry and, you know, making gear for hunters is, you know, is a pretty cool thing and just would be really nice to, to have them stand, stand behind, not just hunters, but, you know, two people who admittedly lived and breathed under armor for the last however many years, kind of sad to just see them turn their backs on them, you know, at the drop of a hat. Why do you think under armor did what they did? Well, I think it's pretty easy. I mean, it's just money. Right. I mean, it all comes down to money. Hunting is a very, very small part of what Under Armour does as a company. And, you know, obviously there's more to probably every story than we'll ever know. So, I mean, they answer to shareholders. They answer to, I mean, they've got contracts with, you know, God knows who, you know, major sports leagues and organizations, the U.S. government. I mean, there's a lot of high up people that are making decisions that none of us will ever know about. You know, and when all of a sudden it gets put on the table that, you know, hey, we may lose a contract or we may tick somebody off or whatever the case may be because they don't like this pretty easy decision for Under Armour to say, you know, hey, we're going to we're going to cut these people, you know, in order to try to salvage some of these other bigger relationships that mean more to them monetarily than than hunting does. Do you think we as hunters should boycott Under Armour? Man, for me, it's a, it's a tough one, right? I mean, I don't like to say, try to dictate what other people should do. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And I've admittedly, you know, said this, there's a big conversation going on in the, the bowhunting.com forum right now. And I came out and said, look, I own, I own some Under Armour gear. I got some shorts. I got some shirts. I got some stuff that I wear on a fairly regular basis. I like it. It's nice stuff at this point. The damage has been done. They've already got my money from me. Uh, but from here moving forward, I know, you know, when I'm at the store and I'm reaching to, you know, grab a new hoodie or a new pair of shorts, I'll personally be reaching to grab something else. And even if it's from a company that maybe doesn't support hunting, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to know the values of every individual company, but what I do know 
is, you know, I won't be buying any Under Armour gear after the way that, you know, they've handled this. Everybody's free to do whatever they want. You know, you've got guys on both sides of the table. Personally, I think if you enjoy hunting and you enjoy, you know, people who stand up for hunters and try to promote and protect our rights to hunt, you'd be better served to not buy their gear, but I'm not going to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't be doing. If somebody wants to buy it and wear it, you know, more power to them. Uh, I won't be one of those people. Is there anything else that you would want to add? Yeah, I guess the last thing I would want to add, you know, Dan, I was talking to you before we, you know, we started recording and I was telling you, you know, I was just recently listening to, to Cam Haynes and Joe Rogan, uh, you know, on his podcast, talk about this whole situation. And, you know, admittedly they danced around kind of the Under Armour, you know, situation a little bit, but what they did, you know, bring up that I think a lot of hunters tend to lose sight of is, you know, at the core of this whole thing was, was this video that was made and it was put online for public consumption. And sometimes we as hunters do lose sight of the fact that, you know, what we put out there for general consumption, meaning non-hunters, anti-hunters, maybe people that are on the fence uh, of hunting, you know, does influence their perception of hunting and it does influence potentially the way that they're going to vote, you know, when the time comes. Hunters are still by far the minority, you know, in the in this country and really in the world. Um, and it just is important for us to be cognizant of, of what we're putting out there, you know, in order to make sure that we're not damaging ourselves. You know, there are a lot of people that felt like, you know, that video maybe was a little bit too much for the public to consume. And, you know, Cam and Joe brought up a good point. I mean, when you meet a non-hunter or you meet somebody that's on the fence about hunting, it takes a lot of education, a lot of time, a lot of effort to try to educate them about what we do and how it isn't all about the kill. And we're not just bloodthirsty, you know, mongrels out there killing for, for fun. And, you know, to somebody who's never hunted before, or maybe even lives in a country where hunting you know, isn't legal, they see a video like that and it certainly, you know, can influence their decision, which ultimately their decision, you know, reflects on us because they are still the majority. So, you know, we always have to be cognizant of what we're putting out there, you know, to the public and, and, you know, brace ourselves for these types of reactions. I mean, it's a shame that you have to do that. um, But the fact of the matter is it's the world that we live in. And there's a lot of hunters out there that don't agree with that. Um, and they want to fight back against it. And sometimes they want to put out stuff that purposely tries to offend people. Uh, not saying that that's the case in this particular instance, but it does happen from time to time. Um, so it's just something for people to think about, you know, when they're out there filming their hunts, you know, as I do, Dan, I know you filmed a lot of hunts in the past and, you know, there's some stuff that, you know, sometimes we don't air on our show or on our website, um, simply because of matters like this. So the whole situation is pretty unfortunate. Um, kind of wish that it hadn't happened. Um, but it is nice to see hunters uniting, uh, for a cause. And it will be interesting to see how this all shakes out in the end with, uh, with Under Armour to see if they're able to bounce back from this or, uh, you know, if you truly have people standing by their word that, you know, aren't going to buy their products. Right. And, and, you know, you mentioned something about, you know, boycotts earlier, and I wanted to elaborate on, uh, this question. Do you, do you think that, companies like maybe Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops or, you know, because I go online and I've, tr- I've followed this domino effect to all these places, not only to the quote unquote hunting celebrity and what their stance on this, you know, the people who are sponsored by Under Armour, but also the companies that sell their products. Do you think there's going to be any repercussion by these these companies because of pressure from the hunting community who are strictly hunting companies? 
Oh, man. I, I'd like to hope that there was, but, man, I, I just don't know that there's going to be enough pressure for a long enough period of time to get people to really make a decision you know, at that high of a level. I mean, obviously, if hunters you know, stop buying the gear and stop buying the equipment. I mean, they're going to lose market share. They're going to lose space on the floor, you know, in a Cabela's or in a, in a Bass Pro or wherever the case may be, um, you know, at least in the hunting section. So, I mean, there's going to be a trickle down effect if we stop buying the product. I, I don't personally see any of those companies, you know, pulling the, you know, Under Armour products from the floor because of the outrage over hunters. I, I think that if anything, you know, this situation has probably taught a lot of these businesses that, you know, issuing a, a, a knee-jerk reaction like the one that Under Armour did can definitely backfire on you. And they're probably a little bit more wise to sit back, analyze the situation, see how things play out, and then make decisions from there. You know, I'd like to think that there's enough of us out there with a loud enough voice to enact some change. Um, but again, I mean, is this the right change? I mean, when you think about all the stuff that hunters are fighting for, you know, should we be banding together to you know, fight for, to, you know, secure our federal lands and not turn some of that over to the states like the government's talking about doing. And some of these other things that are happening in the world that are probably a much larger impact, uh, you know, on our hunting future than whether or not we buy Under Armour gear. It'd be nice to see us unite behind a, a little bit more valid cause to, to preserve our future as hunters. Um, but maybe this is the first step, you know, in the right direction. I guess uh, only time will tell. Right. And like you mentioned, in I think it was one of the posts that bowhunting.com had, it was, you know, in a reaction, I think it was in response to somebody else's comment, was that I think the issue here is a company caving to anti-hunting pressure. Outside interest. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I, and I brought this up earlier. I mean, it's no secret that the Shockies are you know, a major partner of Under Armour, you know, Eva's pretty much the face of the, of the women's hunting campaign at Under Armour. You know, what happens when a group of anti-hunters band together because they don't like something that she did, you know, she faced some pretty severe pressure last year for shooting a black bear in, I think, North Carolina, you know, Under Armour didn't bail out then, but I think now, you know, this potentially is sending a signal to anti-hunters that, yeah, if we band together and we start putting pressure on these bigger companies and maybe they, you know, will listen to us and drop these people. I mean, the Bomars were pretty low on the radar over at Under Armour, but what's going to happen the next time this happens? And they run it up the ladder to one of the bigger celebrities. Um, you know, are they going to make a stand then, or are they going to do the same thing that they did? I mean, I guess only time will tell. Up next, I asked Scott from Canada, a grocery store owner, what he thought of this whole situation. What's your opinion about this whole Under Armour ordeal? Um, well, for starters, it's, it's disappointing to see uh, a company who has a hunting brand uh, not support some of their, I guess, pro staff. Um, that being said, it's really disappointing to see fellow hunters saying that the, the Bomars were in the wrong, that, that spear hunting is not ethical. It's, it shouldn't be legal. And that he shouldn't be hunting that way. Um, I've spoken to friends about this. And when, when, when hunters do not back other hunters who harvested an animal in a perfectly legal way, it's incredibly disappointing because inner fighting doesn't help anybody except for the anti-hunters. Now, you mentioned that uh, you, may not, you may yourself not necessarily agree with spear hunting, but support the, the method because it is a legal form. 
Yeah, I, there, there's there's many different uh, types of hunting way guys decide to hunt bears. A lot of guys do not agree with with bear baiting. Well, I mean, bear baiting is one of the best ways to to ethically hunt bears because it's easier to identify their size, their sex, their gender, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of guys say, well, it's not very sporting. They'd rather go stalk the bears. Well, in some places, case in point, Alberta, you in parts of Alberta, you can't do that. The bush is too thick. So that doesn't make it wrong. Um, I personally, would I spear hunt? No, I, I wouldn't have the, the, the desire to do it. I don't even have the skill set to do it. Um, I would say based on what I've read, again, Josh had the skill set. He was obviously in incredibly good shape. And he was a javelin thrower, so I mean, he obviously knew how to throw a spear. Um, so does that mean he's wrong in doing it? Absolutely not. It was his. It was his choice. It was his choice of weapon. Uh, some guys choose to use compounds. Some use crossbows. Some use longbows. Some use shotguns, rifles. They're all. They're all legal. They're all perfectly fine ways to hunt. It's important to support hunters, not the means to which they hunt or the way they hunt. I should say. How do you feel? hunters should approach under armor or do you think we should call for an all-out boycott should we give them the opportunity to um, apologize or what kind of steps should we as hunters take towards the company under armor um it's a, it's good to see hundred, a lot of hunters banding together um and i see online guys burning under armor gear and such i own quite a bit of under armor golf shirts t-shirts and such am i going to burn my clothes no i'm not i mean in all honesty that doesn't i've already spent the money on it i like wearing the the clothes i'm going to wear it am i going to buy any more under armor gear in the near future no i can't i can't see me doing that just because they didn't back one of their pro staffers i mean she wasn't i don't think she was a paid employee of under armor or a paid under armor athlete um I, i think she was just given free gear to wear and by promote by wearing it, she's promoting the brand. Um, so it's, I'm, I wouldn't see myself purchasing any more under armor gear in the future, regardless if it's hunting or related or not. Um, do I think we should overall ban it? That's that's personal preference. I mean, if you want to support them, there's lots of companies out there that people don't realize are funded by. They're not exactly hunter friendly companies. I think Patagonia is a good example. They're not exactly a hunter-friendly company, and yet there's lots of hunters that buy their backpacks in here. So it's all, you have to do your research and make your own decisions. Is it a, should we all ban Under Armour? That's, that's up to the individual. I mean, I don't see their, their hunter-athletes jumping ship yet. I don't see the juries dumping them. I don't see Cameron Haynes dumping them. Um, so we'll see what the future holds, I suppose. Now, what is your opinion about the, the quote-unquote hunting celebrity and, you know, some of the big names like the Drury's, the Lakoskis, Cameron Haynes, um, Eva Shockey, um, you know, they, a couple of them have made statements, a couple of them have not made statements and, you know, we have to understand that there are some uh, big-time contracts involved. What's your opinion on the, from the, I guess, the hunter celebrity portion of it? Well, it's their job, right? Right off the bat. I mean, at the end of the, Whatever your job is, if the company you work for does something that you don't agree with, do you quit your job? No, you're not going to quit your job. If, if you worked for a large company that decided we're going to close this manufacturing plant, but you still have your job, are you, are you going to quit your job because they make that decision? Probably not. Um, so in regards to the 100 celebrities, that's their job. They're being paid by an armor to promote the brand. 
And you can't expect them to say, you know what, we're not going to take your money anymore and promote your brand because we think you, you went against us. Um, it's, it's one case. It's a, you know, it, I know I understand it is one case and all you need is one little drop in the pond and the ripples start flowing. But, um, as far as them, it's, it's their livelihood. So are you expecting them to just quit their job because of what's happened? I mean, some people might say, yes, they should. Say, Cameron Hand, you should dump under him right now. You should contact another company and see if they'll pick you up. Um, maybe, and maybe he will. I mean, who knows? Maybe someone will approach him. Maybe I see um, Semplockers taking a great opportunity to say, hey, we support hunters. Come to our website. There's a great deal. There's a great sale going on. And I mean, good for them. It's great marketing. So it, it's hard. You can't expect everyone just to automatically say, oh, yeah, I'm done with Under Armour and drop them. I mean, that, they're talking about a lot of money to these to these people. So, Right, right. Now, you know, there, there's obviously people out there who are very passionate about hunting. You know, the, the Second Amendment in, in the United States is um, a huge thing. I know you're in Canada. Um, but what about if, you know, elaborating a little bit on what you said about, you, you know, you not quitting your job, but what, what would happen if the job that you were working at, you know, and I know you're self-employed, but the job that you were working at said, we do not support hunting for this company. Do you, do you still, uh, work for that company or do you slowly try to find, you know, leave instantly or do you try to find a way out slowly or, or do you stay? Uh, if, if, well, I mean, if you're okay, so case in point, say you work, um, say you work at a department store and say, we'll use, can I, I'll use Dick's Sporting Goods. Is that a good example? And they just say, you know what? We're not supporting hunting yep. anymore. We're not selling any more hunting equipment. And you work in that store. And you're going, well, I'm a hunter and that's really important to me. Um, I, yeah, I would, in all honesty, if, if my company, my company came down and says, we don't support hunting. We don't want anything to do with hunting in our stores. Then, yeah, I would probably look at, going a different taking a going a different avenue so as just because you know, it is so important it, it is so important to me um yeah I'm, a, I'm an incredibly passionate hunter and i think i think i think cases like this it's so frustrating because when i see somebody post something online and like i've mentioned to you before dan the social media at that times is the worst thing for hunting um because we're such a small percentage of, of the population and, and when you put something out there, everybody sees it. And like, I have friends of mine um, who, they don't, they're not against hunting, but come the fall, they'll unfollow me because they don't want to see anything I post in regards to animals that people have shot and such. It's, 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 you know, it's the world we live in, right? When it comes to social media, you have to be very, very, very smart in what you post. So, and a lot and- of guys will say, I'm not going to apologize for Hunter. This is what I do. This is how I do it. And that's that. It's like, okay, that's great to have that attitude, but it hurts everybody. Lastly is Mark Kenyon. He is the owner and operator of Wired to Hunt blog and podcast. He's a good friend of mine and he's a guy who I respect what he has to say because he always thinks before he speaks. And, uh, that's a very quality trait if you ask me. So, uh, here's what Mark has to say. Mark, why do you feel that the hunting community as a whole is upset at this situation? Well, I think there's two ways to answer this question. You could, I could answer why are they upset or 
do I think they should be upset or we should be upset? And I guess I can touch on both of those things. Um, you know, I think so many people are upset because obviously they're seeing a hunting company or a company that has a presence in the hunting space and that has a hunting brand, you know, has, has to a degree, you know, kind of caved to outside pressures, anti-hunting or non-hunting pressures. And obviously, you know, this was a situation where, you know, these people were not doing anything illegal. So I think that's, that's a big line in the sand there because this was a hunting practice that was legal. And uh, when you have a company that's turning away from that and taking support away from that and, you know, condemning that, that raises a lot of red flags um, about what could come next. I think this, for me at least, is one of those issues that is more of a what could happen next type of deal. Um, now, should we be this upset? Should the hunting community the, be this upset? I don't know. I might be different than some people on this um, because I guess I'm just a realist in that I think there's a lot of people that are so upset. I mean, if you've seen it, the stuff on Facebook, the stuff online, like people are just throwing a fit and burning clothing and all this kind of stuff. Here's my two cents on the whole topic. Number one, I think it's really crappy that Under Armour did this, right? I think that caving to this kind of pressure in such a short-term media cycle, I mean, this all happened because of a ton of media and then a small amount of like online pressure and attention to this issue. That if they had just kind of weathered the storm, waited another week, seven, ten days, it would have died down. No one would have not bought Under Armour gear in the future because of this. Um, you know, I'm talking about non-hunters. You know, no one's not going to buy Seth Curry's shoes because ten days ago or two weeks ago, some guy killed a bear with a spear. Um, so I don't think this would have had long-term ramifications for the company. But I think what happened was that in the short term. People in leadership positions within the company kind of panicked because of all this negative attention, and they made an impulse decision. And that impulse decision erred on the side of the majority of their business, right? Under Armour is a business. They are not a person. They're not the, the careholder of the hunting heritage and our rights. They have no debt owed to us as hunters, other than the fact that a lot of hunters have bought their clothing. But Under Armour, they're not a hunting company. They are a very, very, very large company that participates in a lot of different industries and sports and segments of the community, and we're a very, very small slice of it. So to just be real and to cut the bullshit, Under Armour makes decisions based on the bottom line, their business. They don't care about feelings. They don't care about um, you know what we think or how we should be defending our rights to hunters. Just about any business is going to operate as a business, and I think just trying to be a rational human being here to expect anything otherwise is kind of is kind of uh, I don't know unrealistic so when I look at the situation I say yeah it sucks I'm not happy about it I think it sets a, a slightly dangerous precedent that I think a lot of companies will learn from at least within the hunting industry um, but as an outside company right they're not really in the hunting industry um, you know, I think they made a short-term bad business decision for their business within the hunting world, and it sets a, a concerning precedent for the future, but I'm not surprised by it. And I, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm not an Under Armour customer. I'm glad that I, that, I, that I use Sitka gear and I use other products, and I'm not, you know, stuck in this weird conundrum, like, do I support this company or not? Um, but, you know, it's not all that unexpected. For me, 
the bigger issue for me is not that Under Armour did this. I like it clearly. I don't think that was a good idea. I'm disappointed, but I'm not like burning books and Under Armour in the street mad because I just I have realistic expectations of a business. I understand business is going to make business decisions, and this is not a hunting business primarily, so they're not going to always factor us 100 percent in their decisions. So they made what they thought was best for the bottom line. I don't like it, but I understand it from a business standpoint. So that said, and sorry, did you want to take me in a different direction? Well, I just want to, um, you know, because this decision, it may have been a, a knee-jerk reaction. Do you feel, I mean, they, they made a statement by, um, you know, caving into anti-hunting pressure. Because of that, you know, they can't, unless they come out with an apology or something like that, or, you know, Sarah Bomar, you know, they bring her back on the team. Do you feel that we should unite um, as hunters and you know letting letting Under Armour know that we are not going to take that the, that kind of uh, action and uh, potentially support a boycott or you know I guess publicly talk you know tell Under Armour we don't we do not like their decision. Well, I think we already have. I think the hunting community already has clearly let you know our our collective opinions be known on this topic that, you know, we're not happy with this decision. Um, and I think that, um, I think that was important, right? I mean, our voice should be heard. And I think that as hunters, it is important that our perspective is heard and that our rights are respected. Um, so I think that is important at the same time. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of go back and forth on this, but at the same time, some of it just feels like, Holy smokes guys, like we're really making a big, big, big deal about this on something that it's business and they made a bad business decision, but that that's the decision they made, but they are not a hunting company. I think I keep going back to that. Like they're not a core hunting company. So their, their, their decision makers are not hunters, at least not most of them. The people, the bottom line is not driven by the hunting industry or by what we think or feel or what we think they should be doing to support. So I'm just not surprised by it. And I can't expect them to make decisions on our behalf that benefit us because of that. Um, I wish that a company like this that was involved in the hunting industry would think more about the larger implications. I wish that, but just being a realist, I realize that's just not the case. Like this is, this is capitalism. This is people make decisions based on money. And based on what they think might impact future money, I think that they, because of the short term view they took on this, they actually made a worse business decision because they probably lost a ton of hunting business for something that probably wouldn't have lost them much of non hunting business in the first place. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's great that a lot of hunters are going to talk with their wallets and say, "Hey, we don't support this decision, Under Armour." Um, and you know, like I said, if I wasn't already using a different company. I wouldn't be interested in buying Under Armour stuff either because it is important to show that, um, you know, we're not okay with that. Um, but I just think at the, at the same time, I think there's a larger issue here at play. At least for me, the greater lesson learned from this whole thing isn't that, you know, this company made a, a bad business decision that hurt hunting. I think it's unique. Under Armour is unique in that they are one of the only companies that's kind of a big brand within the hunting world that really 
looks at the hunting business as a very, very small sliver of their overall business, right? Overall, Under Armour is much, much, much more focused on regular, you know, normal sports, football, basketball, all that stuff, running, all those other things. Hunting is a very, very small part of their business. If you look at any other brand in the hunting world, almost all of those brands, not everything, but almost all of them are either 100% hunting or at least very much focused on the hunting world. So if some company within the hunting world that was 100% hunting, you know, let's say another hunting company like, you know, any other hunting apparel company or Cabela's or something like that, if they did something like this, well, what the heck are you doing? Because your whole business depends on us as hunters and legal, ethical hunting. And I think in that case, then it's, then it's, you know, it's just like a suicide, um, you know, it's asking to just get smoked. If you do that kind of thing, that's really going to, and I, I would be especially surprised in that type of situation. Um, so I would hope that any hunting company now that, you know, for whatever reason might ever be um, susceptible to bending to outside pressures, I don't think they would be. But if ever they were tempted to be, this is clearly a warning shot to say, hey, the, you know, that's not okay um, when you look at, you know, what happened here. Um, but if I could kind of pivot, the big lesson learned for me from all this, or the the most concerning thing for me coming out of all this, is again, the very, very serious impact that the non-hunting or anti-hunting public can have when they react to something that we as hunters put out into the world, and how careful we need to be about that because of this fact. Because, you know, we've talked about in the Wired Hunt podcast a lot. And it's, it's like the most, it's a very inconvenient truth to quote Al Gore, but it's, it's something that we all, people want to deny it or just think it doesn't happen, but it's just the God's honest truth. Hunters are the minority. There are way, 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 way more non-hunters out there. And in our country, in America, it's a democracy, majority rules. So we don't get to make decisions, unfortunately, about what we do. The majority is going to make that decision. So... In a situation like this, when something gets out into the world that the non-hunting public doesn't understand or is concerned by, um, whether it be a legal practice like this or an illegal or unethical thing, maybe you know that someone posted a picture of or whatever, when we put that stuff out in the world and non-hunters get a hold of it, they don't have the context to understand it. They don't understand the legality or the ethics or the morality behind any of these things we're doing. If we present things in a way that is unacceptable to the non-hunting public, this kind of thing is going to happen over and over and over again. And we've seen it over the last couple of years, whether it be a legal issue, you know, just with like people like Eva Shockey or Melissa Bachman who are doing legal hunting, they're not doing anything wrong, but people are getting hold of pictures and just throwing a fit about it. Or if it's a, you know, an illegal issue, like what happened maybe in the case of Cecil Line, well, I think the legality of that was up in the air for a long time. I can't even remember what he did, if it was, if it ended up being cleared or not, but we just have to be so careful about what we are putting out into the world through social media or what we're talking about in public or what we're putting out in videos. Um, you know, we don't need to cater to anti-hunters at all. You know, we can be proud of what we do, but we just need to, in my opinion, be mindful and thoughtful about what we share, how we tell our stories, how we show what we do, um, because we are at the mercy of the non-hunting majority. And I I know I I don't like that fact. None of us like the fact that, you know, this kind of thing can happen. But it's just the truth. It's happening. And I worry that it's going to continue to happen. And what's next? You know, what if someone posts a picture of, you know, a a deer that they shot 
five times than arrow and there's arrow sticking all out of it. It's bloody and it's nasty. And maybe it's a young fawn. Maybe someone, some Yahoo shot a fawn, took five arrows to kill it, posted a picture and said, got my deer, something like that. And somehow that's get out, gets, gets out in the media. And then all of a sudden you have a firestorm about bow hunting and how, you know, gruesome and barbaric this is. And while people are going to say, anti hunters are going to say crazy stuff like that anyways. And there's only so much you can do about that. What worries me is what about when you get the non-hunting public fired up? And unfortunately, what this whole Under Armour situation shows us is that even these short-term media outbursts or these quick rises of attention and outcry about something, even you know, illegal thing, something that is legal, the spear hunting issue, it's amazing what impact a bunch of public attention can cause. It can cause short-term changes that make long-term impacts. In this case... Alaska's talking about outlawing spear hunting, I think. Alberta's talking about outlawing spear hunting. So because of one person's video, nothing like, I, haven't, I haven't even seen the video. So I don't even know how it went about it. But just because this thing got out in the world and caused a bunch of negative attention, it's having long-term implications on the future of that way of hunting. What happens when that happens to bow hunting or to doing what a number of other things we have? I think that's my big takeaway from all this and that I, I just want to echo the or just – I hope people can think about this as a as a warning of sorts to all of us to be careful about what we are putting into the world, how we're doing it, and the implications that can have. Um, that's what scares me the most. You know, I wanted to go right to the next question, but um, so what happens if Mark Kenyon or Dan Johnson or anybody shoots a deer, cleans it up really nice, where there's no blood in the picture? And we were sitting behind it, taking our, you know, our, hey, look what I got picture and uh, our trophy picture, I guess you want to call it. And someone has a problem with that and does, you know, does exactly, you know, again, we did everything right. We even stopped to um, clean up the animal. So there's no blood in the picture. Um, It's a nice picture. Uh, it kind of shows everything that we've done to, you know, we, we worked hard for that and somebody else has a problem with it and, and does what, um, this lady did to the Bomars. I mean, should we continue to walk on eight? I mean, I feel like we're walking on eggshells here for someone who does not understand hunting. So here's my perspective on it. I think number one, we're not going to please everybody. So right to your point, we might do every, quote, you know, everything you should do. It could be a really nice, respectful picture or whatever, and people might still have an issue with it. And we can't do anything about that. That is, And even that does concern me in that, you know, in this social media world, you know, everything we post in the past, you know, if ever I showed someone a deer hunting picture, you know, 10 years ago, it was on my phone or not, not on my phone. It was probably like a physical picture that I showed someone at school or something. But now these pictures go out online and they're shown to everybody. So to your point, we can't control everything like that. People are still not going to like it. So in that case, I mean, we're, we're going to have to deal with this in one way or another. Um, so, to your point, should we just, why do we care at all? Because they're not always going to like it. Um, and I think there's two things. One, I just think it's important to do everything we can to minimize that risk. Because I get what you're saying, and I feel that way too. Like, 
Why do we have to walk on eggshells? Why do we have to care what these other people think? This is my right to hunt. This is what I love to do. I shouldn't be ashamed of it. I don't need to apologize for it. I understand that line of thinking. I relate to it. I feel that way a lot of times too. But I'm also just a realist. And just look at the look at the implications. So if I post an inappropriate picture, so uh, you know, when it comes to the if I post a quote unquote appropriate picture, I feel like that's doing the best you can. And then one other thing I would say is is maybe we need to do a better job of, of explaining. You know, maybe we sh- we don't say shot the big one. Maybe it's a caption or something explaining what a special hunt this was or why this meant so much to you. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to, you know, put together this eloquent explanation or that we all need to be, you know, these professional photographers and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that we just need to be careful not to post, you know, egregiously offensive things. Um, that's the stuff that can really get out of hand, I think. Um, that said, I just think that especially the egregiously offensive type stuff, the stuff that obviously even hunters look at and we're like, whoa, that, that, that really shouldn't be out in the world. Um, I know we don't want to worry about all these things, but just the long and short of it is if we continue doing that, just stubbornly saying, I don't care what anyone else thinks, I can do whatever I want, well, we're going to get what we have coming towards us. We've already seen how social media and changing public thoughts on a lot of this stuff is impacting things you know we're seeing changes mainly i just mentioned with spear hunting we've seen things come out of the cecil line incident like uh, the importation of trophies and hides and stuff like that from africa and other countries on airlines being shut down so real changes that are impacting our way of life are happening because of pictures on social media so if we want to continue blindly pretending like it's not going to have an impact on us personally someday and i'm just going to do what i want to do that's fine if you want to do that, but it's not helping any of us. Um, I I know I don't like that, and me saying that's probably going to piss some people off, but it's just the truth. It's just the inconvenient truth of it. We are not in control of our fate. Other people are. So we better do our best to present what we do in as acceptable a manner as possible, um, or else we're not going to have this privilege. Um, I hate to say that. It does not make me happy, but it's just the truth. It's just the way the world's going. And um, I think we just need to evolve as hunters to be a little bit more savvy about how we share our stories and our pictures and our videos, being respectful of the fact that the audience is different now. These things aren't just being shown to your five best friends. They might be shown to 5,000 random people on Facebook. So just taking 10 seconds before we post something and think, is this really crazy what I'm posting here? Or is this something that could be misinterpreted? Um, and maybe capturing it with some explanation or taking a second and think, well, maybe I should think about this. That's, that's all I'm right. saying because the, the, that's a pain in the butt. But yeah. the potential risk, on the other hand, if you did post something that had a horrible impact, I mean, it could make really bad things happen. So that's, that's what I'm concerned about. Okay. So the next thing is, is, you know, moving forward from this, do the, you know, it, it, it always seems like when an event, some kind of event happens is when people really rally together. But when there's not an event that has taken place, everybody just is kind of goes by the weight, the wayside and is just kind of sitting there idle. What can we as hunters do in the meantime to the next event happens to like to, to unite, to band together so that our vo- voice is one strong voice? 
I would say three things. Like number one, you know, keep what we just talked about in mind. Be careful about what you're putting on putting on the world. Number two, I would say that um, we need to do a better job of just sharing what we do with the non-hunting public um, purposefully. So not just posting a picture, but I mean, have conversations with your friends and family that don't hunt about what we do. Because the greater understanding that non-hunters have about what we do in general, why we do it, how we do it, all that goes into it, the more accepting understanding I think they will be of the images and videos and other things that come out of it. So a picture of me holding a dead deer might seem really offensive to someone who has never talked to me about hunting, who never has understood what goes into it. But I could show that very same picture to a friend of mine, maybe that doesn't hunt, but she's heard me talk about it. She knows how much I respect the process and the animal and how I go about it. That's not nearly as offensive. So I think as if all of us hunters became better at just sharing what we do with the world and talking about it more often in a way that people can better understand it, that's going to help minimize the risk of a future event. And that's going to help minimize the impact of a future event. Because if, let's just hypothetically say right now, let's say 20% of the general hunting public gets it, even though they don't all hunt, they kind of get it. And they're forgiving of these things that they don't necessarily understand because they have a context. But if we were to improve that to 40% of the general public has had some type of contact with hunters and sort of better understands it, then that's going to make an impact. That's going to reduce the negative changes that might come out of the next social media flare. Um, But third, I do think that we as hunters need to continuously be working together and I think working with groups that are working to protect our rights and you know, our hunting way of life. So getting involved in a conservation or advocacy organization, uh, you know, the National Deer Alliance is, is protecting a lot of things on the deer hunting front and trying to have an impact um, on policy decisions related to deer and deer hunters. You can look at uh, organizations like the National Shooting Sports Foundation or Sportsman's Alliance that are working on bigger picture issues related to firearm rights and hunting rights and anti-hunter issues and all these things. There's a lot of different organizations out there that we as hunters, we can support them. We can help spread their message. We can participate in whatever kind of things they have going on. Um, Or just joining a conservation organization like Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation or Quality Deer Management Association, all these different things. You know, the more we can help those organizations, the more they can utilize whatever funding and clout they have to impact some of these decisions. And then finally, I think the next time we do have some kind of flare-up, we need to be in contact with our legislators um, and making sure that they know that it's just not hunter, it's not these anti-hunters throwing a stink about something. Let's say hypothetically the spear banning thing, right? If I lived in Alaska right now and they're talking about banning spear hunting, and if that's something I'm passionate about as a hunter, or let's let's say bow hunting because I'm passionate about bow hunting. If someone threw a stink and wanted to outlaw bow hunting in Alaska, you better believe that I'm going to be contacting every single legislator I possibly can and getting all my friends and family to do the same thing and making sure that they're not just hearing the anti-hunting perspective, but they're also hearing the hunting perspective. Um, We as hunters need our voices to be heard. We need to participate in the political process, even though that's a shitty thing. Like It's not a fun thing to deal with. It's pain in the butt. Um, The anti-hunting groups and the the anti-hunting groups are, are very good at mobilizing 
their contingency and then pulling in non-hunting regular people into it based on emotional appeals. They're really good at firing up people with emotion and getting even non-hunters emotional about something and getting them to take action on it, whether it be signing a petition or emailing a legislator. We as hunters need to be able to do the same thing. So when the next time something like this happens, we can mobilize and make sure that we are out there having our perspective shared with the decision makers because if not, there's a really loud anti-hunting lobby doing the same thing. And um, I want to make sure we're louder. First off, I want to say thank you to everybody who uh, at the very last minute was able to join me to put this podcast together. I really appreciate your time. Uh, Again, thank you guys for tuning in and uh, listening to this little extra podcast this week. Now, this is, in my opinion, something big. Um, And I think it's big enough where we as hunters need to realize that we can't just show support for other hunters when an event like this happens. We need to show our support for all hunters united every day and not just, you know, when controversy arises. We need to, you know, have one strong, loud voice um, to, you know, guide us down the right direction. And that's why I kind of put this podcast together was to maybe stop some of the infighting because whether or not you agree, let's say with spear hunting, um, he did it legally, he did it ethically. And, um, you know, he, he's a hunter at the end of the day, he's a hunter, just like you are a hunter. And, um, we need to unite under, one umbrella. I almost look at the hunting industry as brothers, right? You fight with your brother. You sometimes you get pissed at your brother, but at the end of the day, you have your brother's back. And that is what needs to happen. We are a family. And uh, like I always say, family over everything. So I feel that that's kind of how we need to treat um, a situation like this. Now, you know, you know, I could go into detail of my opinion on, um, you know, what the hunting celebrities, you know, the, the pro hunters, you know, I really don't care. They have, you know, I'm not in their shoes, so therefore I can't walk a mile. Um, that's up to them to make a decision that they feels right. And, uh, I'm going to leave it at that. Other than that, you know, again, If you want to be a part of a movement, now is the time to do it. Go join up with, you know, like a Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, a 2% for Conservation, uh, National Deer Alliance, um, any type of organization that portrays hunting and is uh, a uniter of hunters, that is a benefit for all of us. So, um, you know, be a part of something and don't just sit back and wait to bitch and complain on social media when an event like this happens. Uh, It's time to be proactive because as we've all seen here, organization and power in numbers can change, not only change laws, but, um, you know, take a chunk out of our belt as well, if that makes sense. So uh, again, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, please share, comment. Um, let's have an open discussion, and not only with the, you know, with among us, but have an open discussion with the companies that you buy products from. Are they, 
you know, the, in the hunting community, of course, but you know, do you support hunters? Do you support all types of hunting? And maybe if you don't align with their beliefs, maybe, you know, you should, uh, look elsewhere for, uh, for products. But I have a feeling that a majority of the companies who are in the hunting industry support all legal forms of hunting. And, um, again, uh, it's about communication. It's about conversation and it's about joining under one voice and letting the anti hunters of the world know that, uh, we're not gonna, we're not gonna stand for it. And, um, we are going to, uh, we're going to defend not necessarily our right, but, um, you know, in a, in a way it's a right. So thank you guys for tuning in and, uh, we'll see you next week.